This is the voice guy, Keith. Personal testimonial. And they didn't ask me to do this. I grew up in Northeast Tennessee. I live in Texas. And I would give anything to be able to move back to Northeast Tennessee. But 20 years ago, I had to get married to a woman in Texas. So here I sit. Exactly. This is Benchmark Happenings. Brought to you by Jonathan and Steve from Benchmark Home Loans. Northeast Tennessee, Johnson City, Kingsport, Bristol, the Tri-Cities. One of the most beautiful places in the country to live. Tons of great things to do and awesome local businesses. And on this show, you'll find out why people are dying to move to Northeast Tennessee. And on the way, we'll have discussions about mortgages. And we'll interview people in the real estate industry. It's what we do. This is Benchmark Happenings, brought to you by Benchmark Home Loans. And now your host, Christine Reed. Well, welcome back, everybody. We have a very special uh, podcast for you today. It's so difficult for me to get Steve and Jonathan to come on the podcast to kind of give a little bit of a mortgage update and what's happening in the market. So we're going to give you a minute market update as well as discuss strategies on how to be a happy buyer. So Jonathan and Steve, thank you both for taking the time. I know you're both super busy. For being Thanks here. for having us. We oh, feel yeah. like celebrities now. You are. We're not as good as you, so we don't like to be down here too much, though. <laughs> <laughs> you two are celebrities. I told Steve this morning, I said, I am so excited that I get to interview you and Jonathan today and just to get to hear about some of all the things that's happening in the market. Because you know what? You guys are the experts out there, and there's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. So I really look forward to hearing about it. And also, I know those that's listening will too so steve let's just kind of kick it off here and start with you so you know you and jonathan been talking about happy buyers um how do you achieve being a happy buyer i mean what needs to happen yeah so there's three or four different major things that need to happen that i feel like and the happy buyer term (laughs) that's something ashley that works with us coined you know she's like we need here's how to have a happy buyer so that's we really awesome. got, yeah. So I love that term. So we got to thinking about that. And there's three or four major things I'll just mention. And when I was thinking about this, I started to kind of skip over the first one. And I thought, man, we can't leave this out because mm. the first part of the equation is finding someone you trust in the lending business. We want our customers to trust us. We frankly don't want to do business with people who don't trust us. And, and they, sh- and if they sure. don't, they shouldn't do business with us. And so you you do have to find a lender you trust. Mm. Uh, that's number one. And so find that. It takes some planning. Uh, you want to get pre-approved for your loan early in the process, uh, as early as six months to a year before you even buy a house, so you can come up with mm-hmm. a great strategy. You actually need to meet with your loan officer. You like need to meet face to face, face to face, or a Zoom meeting, either one. But uh, give some uh, screen time or some face to face time with your loan officer so you can go over those strategies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's it's hard to really do over the phone. There's a lot of numbers that go into this. It's not like buying a car. You can make a huge bad decision 
if you get the wrong loan officer, the wrong company, you don't spend enough time planning. So I would just say it's not like buying a car. So don't rush through it. And then last of, uh, but not least, listen to your loan officer and execute the strategy mm. because so many times we go through all these strategies. Well, not, not so many times, but it does happen mm-hmm. uh, where then it'll get back and we'll get a contract and it's not like the strategy that we've discussed. So we really want, it's a complete system, but I'll just leave you with, Hey, it's not like buying a car. Make sure you're thorough. Ask questions of your loan officer. Make sure you make notes. A good loan officer will give you notes after the meeting. And uh, and make sure you execute on the strategy. Don't do not do any shortcuts. Right. And, and you guys make it really easy here at Benchmark to schedule meetings. Jonathan, I know you're like... You are like the total guru in technology and do a lot of uh, Zoom calls and things like that with your clients. And But also, we want people to know that, hey, we're open here. You can come here and meet with us face-to-face. Um, and to me, that's just kind of my preference. That's, that's trust building, you know, meeting someone face-to-face, kind of having that interaction. Um, and then listening, you know, and, and developing that trust. So I think trusting that loan officer and it's kind of like going to a doctor, right? You right. got to find a really good physician and the physician has a lot of people that helps him in his practice. So that's kind of how you guys are set up. But again, know. it all starts with trust. It starts it with really trust. Does. That's right. So yeah, and we'll meet them wherever they are. I mean, like if it's their lunch break or where, I mean, you know, since COVID, we started doing some of these on mm-hmm. Zoom and it works out better for some. Some like to come in. And we'll be flexible with that. So it's it's really whatever's best for them because we can get the same information to them either way. It's just whatever's more convenient, trying Absolutely. to be more convenient for them. Yes, yeah. And I know you guys work really hard to do that. Um, so, Jonathan, let's talk about some pitfalls. Um, if someone ends up not using this mortgage planning resource that is only available to benchmark clients. So Steve's kind of a sort of uh, set it up for us about, you know, go with the strategy, right, that that you all work together with the client to develop. So maybe talk a little bit about how do you set up this resource, this planning guide, and what would be some of those pitfalls? So the biggest pitfall to get our, what we call our approval package, you have to have gone through that process. So we don't send out the approval package till they've gone through that. Sometimes they'll get a pre-approval letter, which is not worth as much as a approval letter. Mm-hmm. But we go through that process. We give you this approval letter. Where that's important is I can't tell you how many times agents have either called and said, hey, if it wasn't that because we had you on the other side of this transaction, we wouldn't have got our offer accepted. So we have a good reputation in the market, and the agents like to see our name. Mm-hmm. And when we give that approval package, they know we've done our work, and we're not going to have it. It's not going to blow up. So that's the biggest thing is to make sure you get that because that helps you be competitive. And then a lot of times, I mean, just from a, I guess, horror story part of it, we see we have people who haven't gone through that. We were talking about one today that hasn't gone through that, trying to make an offer, trying to run it and kind of ram it through the process. Mm-hmm. They don't know what their payments are going to be. They don't know what they're going to bring to closing. They really don't know anything. And they also don't know the fact in this case, they're very, very close to the limit. And like 20 or $30 difference in a homeowner's insurance premium might blow the whole deal up. So, you know, it's it, going through that. We can really help guide you and put you in the right place and make sure you're comfortable with your payment, make sure you're where you need to be. And if you don't do that, you're just really going at it blind. It's going to be a lot less stressful, too, for the buyer. Uh, Once they go through this planning process, 
they're going to know what to expect, know what comes next. You know, we're going to lay, lay out a whole strategy. And as Jonathan says, when they just try to ram this thing through, mm-hmm. then they're going to have so many surprises along the way that they didn't expect. They didn't understand the process fully going in. So it makes it really difficult. The other thing I was going to say is I've had two people, I think this week, that said they got their contracts accepted because it was a benchmark approval. And our reputation in the community is that they know that we've done the preliminary work. We've looked into the file. We spent some time on it and they can rely on our approvals. And that's, that's huge when in a competitive market. That is. And, and, you know, we talk about East Tennessee. We, we know there's so many people moving here and it truly is. It's still so competitive. So having that reputation in the, in the, in the market benchmark, if I have a benchmark approval, just like, and that's the value add, right? Um, is having that name and that reputation. Um, so Steve, you know, everybody's talking about interest rates. So let's talk about the current environment. Where do you see interest rates going in the future? <laughs> well, where I see them going and where they go could be two different things. Well, we I know do we, don't, a, we all want we, that magic that, ball, right? Yeah, that we want that ball crystal that ball. And yeah, so so <laughs> we we really we do our best to study the market for clients. You know, we invest in resources that give us commentaries daily on mm-hmm. here's where they're headed. Should a client lock or float the rate? So we do our best to stay educated. But with that said, there's no crystal ball. Now we just hit. The high mark for the past 20 plus years on interest rates the other day. So uh, it's 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 higher than it's been. We think there's some room to the downside. We mm-hmm. think we're going to see some lower rates probably in the last quarter or the first the last quarter of 23 or first quarter of 24. Talking about a mild recession now, we're starting to hear that chatter out in the market. So talking about a recession. Interest rates normally will always come down when you're coming out of a recession. Mm. So we're fully expecting lower rates. I I expected them before now because our inflation numbers are kind of getting a little bit more tame. Things are looking a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So all the metrics we look at, we should have lower rates, but we're having some other volatility that's coming along from banks getting downgraded, that kind of thing. Money supplies harder, money's tighter to get. So, you know, where we should already see lower rates, we haven't seen those yet, but I fully expect them by the first quarter of next year. Do you think with those lower rates, there'll, there'll be more uh, stringent guidelines on for people getting loans? Uh, I don't think the rates really change guidelines. Uh, now, we'll say the guidelines have been getting more stringent here just the last few months, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird thing to me. I mean, we've, when you think about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, who we underwrite to their guidelines, why would they start tightening guidelines on lenders at our most, probably toughest time as a lender in the last 20 plus years? So they're already getting a little bit more stringent, so they could get even more so. Okay. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd throw that out there, you know, because, because um, I mean, we're just living in that market right now, right? Um, so Jonathan... Uh, Big question for you on home prices. Uh, will home prices crash or go down anytime soon? 
I don't think so. I think what we're seeing from an inventory perspective, there is no inventory. Uh, if you're looking to buy a house, you understand when I say there's no inventory, there is no inventory. Mm. There's nothing out there. I wouldn't, it would be a tough time to be looking, but when you find something, you know, that the benefit is, is while it's still a competitive market, it's nowhere near like it was two years ago. Two years ago, we were in a much different market. Um, prices were driving up a lot quicker. We're not seeing that as much, but we are still seeing it be competitive. And there is just no inventory. And until that drastically changes, and if you look at the data, the number of inventory back in 2019 is like a fraction of where it is now. Uh, I mean, it's nowhere near that. And so we've got a long way to go before we start seeing prices come down because there is a whole lot of pent-up demand and there's just not enough inventory. So I think you're going to see that prices don't appreciate like they did, you know, a couple of years ago. You're not going to get 10 or 20% appreciation in a year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be back more to the normal level. But I do think you're going to still see a mild amount of appreciation and definitely not going to see a big housing crash from a perspective of prices. Right. So don't be afraid. Uh, don't no. don't think about that. And Don't it's be still- afraid. What's always amazing to me is we get that question probably daily, at least weekly, or mm-hmm. should I buy, you know, where price is going and here's the thing. If you buy a house today, say it's $100,000, which you won't find a $100,000 house. No. But say it goes up a few thousand in the next year. What if prices crash and it goes down to 90000 you know, in two years, three years? you still got a roof over your head. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a terrible thing. And then it, it, they always come back. Real estate's been one of the most marketable, steady investments over the years. So... You may end up seeing a little bit of ups and downs, but it's, you know, like Jonathan says, I don't see any way they're going to be a crash. And what if they go down a little bit? Who cares? Almost, you know, if it's a house, if it's a great investment, if it's a place for your family to Mm -hmm. live. I mean, when we say a little bit, we're talking a few percent, maybe a percent droppers. I mean, you're not going to see. And if you Mm -hmm. bought your house in 2020 and it goes down a percent, well, you're still well above from where we've been. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to see enough downward pressure on prices um, to make it make it be what I would consider a crash or, right. or a drastic decrease. Well, and I mean, it just goes back to home ownership, building wealth, that having that stability versus renting where you don't have that stability. You don't know what your rent's going to be in 2024, 2025, but you know what your house payment's going to be. So you can count on that. But the people that I've talked to that waited on buying a house, they always regret that they waited. I've never heard anybody say, I'm glad I waited to buy Uh, in any market, in a normal market, in in a market like we've been in the past couple of years in the market we're in now. I don't know that I recall anybody looking back and saying, I'm glad I waited. Normally that conversation is, Mm -hmm. I wish I'd have done this two years ago. I have heard a few people say they wish they'd have waited to get married, but not buy a house. Okay, that's a great point, Jonathan. Thank you. I hope that's I hope that's not you talking about me. Oh no, no! I wish I'd have married you twenty years sooner. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. Um, So, Steve, let's let's go back to you. Uh, So, can you sum up in just a few words why someone would want to use Benchmark over other lenders. And we kind of touched a little bit on value, and you guys do this every day, so it's it's so easy for you to share this information, and you do it so well. But for people like me and maybe others who are listening, just don't really 
well, what's the difference? You know, I'm going to go to this online lender or I've got, you know, Billy Joe down the street here that's a friend of mine that's a lender. And um, so dig into that a little bit deeper and share why benchmark? Why do why do we want people to use benchmark? Well, how would that make you a happy buyer? Well, I think about what I look for when I go to buy something. And um, from a purely emotional standpoint, I want to deal with somebody that cares. Mm. And we truly care. We care about you. We care about your financial situation. We care about your family. We care about you understanding the process. We care about you mm. having a great experience. Mm -hmm. And from a selfish standpoint, then we care about you uh, sending us your family, friends, and coworkers who may be looking for a home because we don't advertise very much. So mm -hmm. we depend that referrals are the lifeline of our business. So, um, you know, so I, I hesitate to even throw that last part in there that we want you to do that, but we do care about our families that we serve. We care about our reputation out in the, out in the marketplace and we care about you saving money. So uh, it, just to sum it up in two words, it's just that we care. Mm. And, we, and we genuinely do. It's not just lip service. We live it every day. And back to what you just said, I mean, there's no bigger compliment to us when we get a client who sends us their kid or their parents or somebody like that. Because, I mean, we really strive to earn that trust. And, and that's a good sign for us that we've earned it. So Absolutely. That's, it. that's huge when that happens. Yes, yes. And I know you all have talked about that quite a bit. And you do get a lot of grandparents that refer their ch uh, their adult children and people referring their children. And, and it's, it's a huge responsibility. When when someone sends me their, their kid, I can only think about my children and think, mm. if they're in somebody's hands, I want them to have integrity. I want them to be honest. I want them to be transparent. And so we do we do our best every with every family, but when someone sends us their kids or their parents, then that's even a little bit more pressure and that's a little bit more responsibility. And it's such an honor to be mm -hmm. able to serve them that we even step it up another notch. As long as you've been doing this, you've probably had grandparents who sent their kids who sent their kids. Okay, now this is getting, this is getting real personal. I couldn't resist that. One. I've had well, a few great grandparents that sent their kids. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lady at our house the other night, and we were just talking, and uh, we was talking about how Steve's been in the lending business, doing this for quite a while. She says, "Oh yeah, like fifty years, like half a century or something." Like I love that. her. I'm like, wow. How old does she think I am? You, st honey, you started when you were five. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, and that's that, and, it, and it's, it, we talk about this being boutique and when people think boutique, it's probably not a good word to use with benchmark lending because a lot of people think, oh my goodness, I'm paying more and paying more. But no, when we talk about it's a boutique lending um, operation, it's all about quality. It's all about quality over quantity. Just like you said, and I know that you all take your time, you answer those phone calls, you take those those calls after five o'clock, you take that call on the weekend, and most places when you call a number, it's um, you're not going to talk to someone, you're going to be pressing prompt after prompt after prompt. Most companies have that now, but not with Benchmark, because you're going to talk to a person 
And that's got to take the frustration level down several notches for people. Yeah, we we not only do that, but during the process, there's a great system that keeps them apprised of what's happening. And we don't do that so people don't call us. But, you know, when the appraisal gets ordered, when the loan's clear to close, everyone's notified. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so we've got it both on the technology side and the personal side. So, again, people can call us whenever they want, but with the systems we have, it eliminates a lot of phone calls. People can go on about their day and know we've got their loan covered. No, they don't have anything to worry about. We do this hundreds of times each year. So they're always in good hands. Absolutely. Yes. So, Jonathan, I'm going to let you put a wrap on this. Um, so can you answer the question that I'm sure, I'm sure most buyers have in their minds right now? Is this a good time to buy a home? The answer to that's yes. So, I mean, I think that you say, and of course, everybody's going to say, well, say yes. yeah, we better say yes. But I mean, it, it, somebody, I, I'm stealing this from somebody else, but higher rates are really the cost of admission to this market. Mm. So as rates have gotten higher, you've had a lot of people go to the sidelines and not buy a house. And that allows some of the people who maybe haven't been able to buy for the past few years to now step in and be able to buy. So it's kind of a cost of admission, if you will. And so, yes, I do think it's a a great time to buy. Back to what we said before, you're not going to see a drastic decrease in prices. Prices are probably still going to appreciate or at least forecasted to in most cases. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you buy today, you're probably going to be cheaper than if you bought from a year from now. And everybody says, well, it's a higher rate. Well, today it is, and we can always refinance that. So you can't go back in 12 months from now and buy it for the price you could 12 months before. Mm-hmm. But you can always refinance when rates come back down, and they will. So I do think it's a good time to buy. Yes, and you've you've kind of, with the interest rate being up, you've sort of shut down a lot of competition. You have, yeah. Especially here. We did a lot of that out. Yeah, especially here in East Tennessee. So, um, guys, it's been great having you on. And I think really to sum up this whole conversation is it's a great time to buy. Don't be afraid to buy. Um, Don't wait for a crash to happen. It's not going to happen. Your housing market is still going to hold its value. Interest rates are high. That's okay. Um, You're going to be able to get more of what you want because inventory is low here. Um, finding a lender that you trust and be able to work with them. Yeah. Have a great strategy. Start early. Yes. Absolutely. And so let's just say that somebody plans on buying a home uh, a year from now. Is it too early to call you guys? And I would never. say it's never too early. Okay. I mean, we've had people who call. Yeah, I mean, we, we treat those differently because that's a different conversation. You know, we may not do things exactly the mm-hmm. same way or we may not pull your credit up front, or, but we still start having those conversations to help get you ready and make, because there's a lot of times where if you would have done it six or 12 months ago, you wouldn't be in the situation you're in now and maybe at a better rate because of your score or there's a lot of things we can look at. So I, I would say it's never too early. Yeah. We, as he's saying, we can coach people on how to raise their credit scores mm-hmm. and the biggest enemy of that is time yeah so like he said if you wait till the last minute we don't have time to raise those scores six months ago we would have had plenty of time to tell you what to do sometimes even get you with a credit repair person or company to be able to do that but when you come in carrying your contract and you haven't did your preliminaries and you haven't got your strategies and you know it's hard hard to do any of that so never too early and uh, you know we encourage people even if you're a year away to go ahead and have have that conversation with us yes yes i know we have a friend that's thinking about buying and 
they're going to meet with you, but it's probably going to be another year before they buy a home. But it's it's never too early to give you guys a call um, yep. and start getting that strategy, mortgage strategy and process right. Right, absolutely. Um, and if we don't, no matter what we do in life, if we don't have a plan in place with those goals, it's never going to work out well. But this is the biggest spend that you'll probably have in your life is buying a home. And we've had plenty of people who will think they can't buy. And then mm-hmm. it's so rewarding to be able to get them to the finish. It takes time, but we can, if you'll listen to what we tell you, we can get you to the, I always tell people like when I get the phone call, well, I don't think I'm going to qualify. You may not today, but we will get you to the, if you'll do what we tell you to, we will get you there. Yes. And we can, and all, we do can always and do don't. that. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. all do what we suggest, but the ones that do are usually successful. Right. It's just following the expert advice that you all are providing um, for that client. Yes. And you will get to the finish line. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, guys, anything else that, that before we wrap up that um, you want to share? Well, it's coming up on football season, so go Vols and go ETSU Buccaneers. And yes. It's an exciting time of the year, and so we're uh, very optimistic about the future. I know it's been slow in the mortgage business, but I've never been more excited as far as knowing, kind of honing in on our craft, getting better at what mm, we do, mm-hmm. showing someone, just like Jonathan and I have been meeting, a lot of people come in wanting to put too much money down on a property. And we're like, we want to show them how to reinvest and maybe have your part of your money grow over here instead of tying it all up in a house. So those are just things we do that we're excited about, excited about just getting better about every aspect of the business and uh, taking great care of the clients. Yes, absolutely. And you do great team here at Benchmark. So, well, thank you both for being on today. Thank you for having Thanks us. for having us. This has been Benchmark Happenings, brought to you by Jonathan Tipton and Steve Reed from Benchmark Home Loans. Jonathan and Steve are residential mortgage lenders. They do home loans in Northeast Tennessee, and they're not only licensed in Tennessee, but Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. Our passion is Northeast Tennessee. So if you have questions about mortgages, call us at 423-491-5405. And the website is www.jonathanandsteve.com. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time on Benchmark Happenings.